Take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Leviticus, the last chapter of the book, uh, chapter 27. And thank you, Ian, for that help today. I appreciate Brother Ben today filling in uh, for Brother Daniel. Brother Daniel and Brother John, along with Jacob Palmer, are in Greece. This was a little bit of a survey trip for a trip that our church might eventually take. And they were there uh, looking at the journeys of the Apostle Paul. And uh, I got a phone call last night from Daniel while they were in Corinth. And they had just been to Thessalonica and then Athens. And they're literally going through the places that you and I are studying together on Wednesday night. And they sent me a small video. And I'll see if I can't have that ready for the guys maybe to show this evening just a greeting from there. But I just appreciate Ben filling in. And, and I want to mention to people who may be new here, when we, when we do our greeting, <clears throat> uh, of course, we welcome people. And we want you to know about the resources in front of the pew for you to fill out. And we'd love for you uh, to put that information in the back of the box just so we can send you information about our church. But then we always take this, these few moments of time to talk about giving. And it's not that we're trying to be inordinate or overdo that subject. But, you know, when we come to church, <clears throat> we do a lot of things here. Um, if you attend a Bible class, that's a time involved in study. Uh, there's a lot of fellowshipping that goes on there, a lot of food and fellowship, and that's part of church life, and, and that's all good. I, I appreciate in the next few moments, uh, I, I'm sure I'm going to have your attention. Again, as we look into God's Word, we, we, we sang some songs, and the intent of those songs are to bring our hearts kind of in unison together and focus our attention on the Lord and, and, and to praise Him. But, but the most important thing we assemble here to do is to worship God. And, and sometimes, you know, it's maybe hard to put that in, in form, that expression of form. But I know this, the Word of God says over and over and over and over, one of the ways that we ascribe worth, the old English word, worship, that we worship God is to present an offering to Him. Um, in this world, there are two great allegiances. One is mammon. And the other competitor, of course, is God. And the Bible says you can't serve both. And one of the hardest things to do in this world is, is to give sometimes. And it, 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 it's, a, it's part of our carnal nature. It's part of our selfish nature. It's part of the unsurety that we have um, that if we give away 10% or whatever God may ask of us, that somehow He is able to make up the difference. And so we talk about giving because we don't want you to ever to miss the opportunity to have that part of invaluable worship and discipleship in the Lord. And so we've chosen to make that an important part, and there's no apology for that. Money is not something we otherwise preach about often, but I'm going to today. So <laughs> I just gave you a warning. <laughs> and, uh, and I do so because it's important. <clears throat> so if you would, let's look together in the book of Leviticus chapter 27 together. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but it really all goes together. I'll do some explaining, explaining here. And then um, in a moment, we'll start our reading verse number 28. So Moses is here setting up uh, some of the national identity of um, Israel, how they should behave as a nation, having just left Egypt, going to the Canaan, becoming their own land. And he, he's saying to them that it's important that you recognize and honor me in, in your giving. So the whole chapter is about that, really. And it's really uh, very close to what 2 Corinthians 8 would be about, is giving inequality. And so it talks about valuations, and it's really interesting. They, the text actually says that for a child, zero to five-year-old, that a family should give this much, and for five to 20, you should give this much, and from 20 to 60, 
that that person could probably do this kind of work and should give. And it's, it's an old concept of, of saying that God wants everyone to give, but give in such a way that no one is burdened and that, and that no one is too eased. And it's by the idea of, in 2 Corinthians 8, by equality. But the big idea is this, is that God is worthy. That He's worthy of our giving. And so there's a word here that you'll see in the text. I'll read a moment. It's holy. Now, holy is the idea of separateness, otherness. So when we say God is holy, 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 we are saying God is other, other, other. Other than what? Other than everything. He's, we are made in His image, but He is bigger. He is beyond us. He is grander. Uh, many of us today start to study the book of Genesis and just the uh, magnificence of God's creation. And, and so God is holy. And the Bible says that we are also to be holy. Now, another word we might use for that is consecrated. Consecrated. And so the idea of consecration is that we take something and we set it apart. And, and so, um, example, the temple, there were tables like, like this one, the one I had Ian put there. And so they had consecrated tables. And so the, the, the point was that that table that existed in the tabernacle or the later the temple could only be used in that place. It was consecrated. You couldn't take it home and use it for, at a kitchen table. You couldn't go use it as a coffee table for fellowship. No, it was consecrated. It was special. It was unique. It was only to be used in that place. Some of you have some maybe very special uh, items in your possession that someone gave you. Maybe a parent who deceased. It's meaningful to you and it's sort of consecrated. You're just not going to beat it up and let it be used by anything. You kind of put it on a shelf and it's special. Well, you know, you and I are supposed to be consecrated. We belong to God. And so how we use our life matters to God. And so we're supposed to be holy, separate from the world, not like it. Used for other purposes, different design, different, different intentions. My life is, to be, is supposed to be that way. But so is, so is your money. And there's a special part of the money called the tithe. In the Hebrew, tithe is really a number. It means 10, 10%. And the Bible says that the 10%, the first fruit, as described elsewhere in Scripture is consecrated. It means that it all comes from Him, but that tenth belongs to Him. It's, it, it's, it's something special. It's something that we are to give back to Him in an unblemished way because we set it aside first to honor and to worship you know, the Lord. And, and so that's the idea in view here in Leviticus 27. So look with me there, if you would, in the uh, 28th verse. Now, notwithstanding, no devoted thing that a man shall devote in the Lord of all that he hath, both of a man's beast and the field of his possessions, shall be sold or redeemed. The word redeemed means to be exchanged for something. Every devoted thing is most holy or consecrated unto the Lord. None devoted, which is promised, which shall be devoted of men, shall be redeemed. But surely, if so, he shall be put to death. And then all the tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy or consecrated is the idea unto the Lord. So seeds and fruit would have been their, their means of exchange. They didn't have dollar bills, credit. They had what they, what they made through herding, farming. That was their means of income. And verse 31 says this, And if a man will at all redeem out of his tithes, so if that, that 10%, you spend it, you use it for something other than dedication to the Lord. And if a man will all redeem all of his tithes, he shall add thereunto the fifth part thereof. 
What's that mean? <laughs> well, to get your attention, God's saying this, if you spend part of the 10, then to get your attention, you should give 20. You know, it's, it's, it's to grab your idea. This is sacred. It's, it's important. And he goes on to say, and concerning the tithe of the herd of the flock, even whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy to the Lord. So what sheep would do, when they would take them to market, they'd count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That would mean to pass under the rod. And so it was this idea that the first of the ten belonged to God. I'll get this later. And you weren't supposed to pick which one was number one. If you're going to do anything, one was supposed to be the best, not, not the worst. And then verse 33 gets to that, that idea. He shall not search whether it be good or bad. Talking about the sheep or the fruit. Neither shall he change it. Don't exchange it for a better one to keep for yourself. And if he change it at all, then both it and the changer of shall be holy, shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel on Mount Sinai. And I want to stop for a moment and use that word commandment. This was not the idea of a tithe. This is not something rooted in Old Testament tradition alone. This was not something that um, was a type. No, this is like the Ten Commandments. These things are not supposed to pass from their use. Okay? One more word before I get started. We can discuss whether the tithe of the New Testament precept is whether it's there or not theologically if you want to. But I would challenge you with this. Giving is not optional. And giving something honorable is not optional. If you want to have any guides in the New Testament, go to Matthew 5, 6, and 7, where it says, instead of going one mile, go two. Instead of your coat, give your cloak and everything. That's the New Testament guide in terms of giving. And so, what I don't, I don't want to press you with percentages. I want you to do this. I want you to think about, is, are you giving something that's truly consecrated, set aside, and worship for the Lord? Heavenly Father, we ask for your help in these next few moments as we look, Lord, in this word for help Example and Lord, a means of worshiping and honoring you, and I ask for your help in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. We did this for a number of years. Um, we don't always do the things we've always done, but for a number of years, we had what we call an All Tithe Sunday. And the idea of an All Tithe Sunday was is for a number of weeks leading up to that, we would preach about finances and money and how God wants us to be a steward. It's fascinating that in the New Testament, uh, of Jesus' 38 parables, 16 are concerning finances. That's more than about heaven and hell and a host of other topics. It's sort of a big deal to the Lord. And so we would spend some weeks leading up to what we call an all-tithe Sunday. And then we would mark that day for people who are new in the faith, maybe new to the church, um, to step out in faith. And I understand giving is difficult and it takes an act of faith. That people would step out on that Sunday, maybe for the first time, and begin to join the rest of the church family in tithing and giving. And there's a lot of reasons we, we do that, which I don't have time to discuss today, other than the point of honoring the Lord uh, for today. It was a day we set aside to encourage people to do that. And many, many did. And it was so encouraging to me to hear people would come to me a year later and say, hey, I started on that day. And let me tell you what the Lord has done for our family. And those were great stories. And we spent some emphasis here because the Bible says in Malachi, you know, that to, to, to take the tithe is to rob God. And, and, and to steal God's tithe in the book of Malachi is a serious thing. And, and not that everything has to be about us, but you know, when you, when you rob God, you also rob yourself. Amen. I think we understand that. Whenever we try to do something in the world in life that's for ourselves apart from God, inevitably there may be something there for a moment, 
and, and, and then it's like something that begins to rot and ruin. The Bible says, give and it shall be what? Okay, so then if you don't give, then you are actually robbing God, not just the tithe, but His, His principle of blessing you back. In other words, you're cheating yourself. See, I, I, I'm a persuader that when a man gives um, 10% to God, that God is more than able to make up that 10%. But I believe this, and I can tell you this, has been proven the course of my life, it's, it's almost always more than the 10%. And, and so you're cheating yourself. You cheat the church, and you cheat your opportunity to worship. So it's a big deal. A thief does not only hurt others, but in time, in an attempt to wrongly enrich himself, he hurts himself. So when we give and demonstrate generosity, and if that's the word you'd rather use today, that's fine with me. We, through that generosity, are honoring God. We are showing thanksgiving for all He's done for us. And it is a true expression of worship to the Lord. And we are putting ourselves in a better position to be blessed by the Lord. That's something I always taught my kids, and I said it last week, put yourself in a position to be blessed. And I believe that this was what God wants for us. God doesn't just want tithing from us. He wants tithing, generosity, giving um, for us. And so I think the idea of teaching, giving is, is right. It's good. But it's also a function of character, which I'll get to in a moment. I think giving and being generous to people is more blessed to do what? To give than to receive. And so there's a lot of good reasons to learn to be a giver. But before I get into the sermon, I, I want to rehearse just one more truth. And again, it's the idea of worship. You know, um, just to be really honest, before COVID, um, we passed an offering plate here. You know, and then during COVID, that got weird. Um, people, you know, and I, I sort of get it. Wood's not really a good conductor of viral and bacterial things, but whatever. Um, but people felt, you know, weird about doing the offering plate. And so now we have the boxes in the back and, and we have the two... Uh, cylinders there in the foyer that people give to. But the idea was, there's, there's a time of church where you, we come together and we, we sing, we hear preaching, but there's time that like we do business with the thought that everything I have comes from God. And He's blessed me. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recognize that through the giving. So giving was a, you know, then maybe a bigger part of the service than it would be today, but that's why we've also substituted taking this time to talk about it as Ben did earlier. And, and so you know, it, it's an act of worship we don't want to dismiss. But concerning our text today, Leviticus chapter 27, um, a couple thoughts. When we receive or start something new, um, it's a good time to think about how you're going to um, use what's been given to you, how you're going to use maybe a gift given. Um, uh, not too long ago, someone gave me a rifle. Um, it was an incredible gift. And um, I, of course, a rifle's not real complicated, but still, I read the instructions. I wanted to know how to oil it, to break it apart. And because it was a new start with this new thing, I, I wanted to know how to use it. And so I read the instruction manual, I broke it apart, I cleaned it, and I wanted to use it in the correct way. Um, you know, when you're about to get married or just get married, it's a great time to really investigate all the responsibilities that go in being married and what it means to be a, a, a good and honorable husband, a good and honorable wife. If you start a business, it's probably good to read about it, how it works, what you should do, the principles that are involved in that particular business you're in. And so that's what's happening here in Leviticus chapter 27 is the start of a new thing. 
It's the start of a new nation. Israel has, has been long in bondage for 400 years. Uh, they've been brought out by a strong hand by, by Moses. They're in the desert and God's saying, okay, you're about to become a nation. Let me give you some principles and precepts on how to govern yourself and how to honor God now as a nation. And he gives some, amongst many other ideas, these uh, thoughts on giving. Um, they were embarking on a new chapter, a new national history. They were about to be established as a nation. And so in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, God is giving them an instruction manual. He's giving them life principle on how to live and what to do. He's telling them, how can you worship me? How can you find blessing? How can you not rob yourself of blessing? How can you be the head and not the tail? How can you be the lender or not the borrower? All these instructions are giving, and part of this has to do with giving. And specifically, this idea of tithing. So some truths about tithing today from the text I want you to consider. And I've already mentioned this, but number one is this. You and I need to do real business with the truth that everything we have comes from the Lord. None of you are self-made. Now, I know you, you may be hard workers. Uh, you maybe have uh, used the principles of God in terms of sowing and reaping to, to make income. Uh, others, you maybe um, were given an inheritance um, and, and have it that way. But, but, but the idea is this, is that Everything we have, every good gift is from above. And, and even if you did work hard, where did the health to work hard come from? And in what hands did it? Well, the ones that were fearfully and wonderfully made by God. See, there's no place in life that you are your own. The Bible said you're not your own. And this is, in terms of theology, you're bought with a price. So you're created by God. You are bought by a price as a Christian. In other words, everything that's good in our lives comes from God. Every dollar we have, the home we live in, the car we drive, anything that is a help in life, the Bible says comes from the Lord. The Bible teaches that God is both the creator and owner of all things, and we are His stewards. We're supposed to steward this earth. We're not doing a great job, but we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to steward our families, steward the church, steward our lives. One of the names that the Bible gives uh, for God, um, especially in this context, is Jehovah Jireh. And the idea is Jehovah Jireh is God our provider. It's the God who gives and provides all things. David acknowledged Jehovah Jireh when he said, Everything in heaven and earth is yours, O Lord. David goes on to say, wealth and honor come from the Lord, and He is the ruler of all things. Psalms 104.24, O Lord, how manifold are Thy works, in wisdom hast Thou made them all. The earth is full of Thy riches. Haggai 2.8, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. So let me ask you, where does everything come from? It comes from God. Everything you possess, your natural talents, your voice, the work you can do is a gift from the Lord. And we are the beneficiaries of that in every way. God gives me health and wealth. He gives me voice and eyes and hands. God gave me <clears throat> um, the feelings and the emotions that I have. He allows me to love and enjoy and to share. And I am to steward all of these things. And we are to honor Him as a principle in worship by laying these things in part in his service and at his feet. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, the Bible says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power, the ability 
to get wealth. Now, this is something God wants us to both acknowledge and remember um, in this life. So I, I want to do something. I, I've done this before, and I, I, I do it somewhat redundantly because I think it's a great illustration of the idea of the tithe. And I, I may need a little assistance here, and so if I ask for your help, um, please be willing to do that. So it went by, actually my wife did this for me. She went by neighborhood Walmart today, and we bought some apples, all right? Does anybody want to guess how many apples I have in here? <laughs> yeah, you guys are on the program. Ten apples. And I'm going to put these out so you can see them. All right. And there's nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Wait, there's one more. It's the green one. Can everybody see that on the floor? Can you guys see that? Can you move up, up here? Can, can, are you guys straight? Tell me through. Can you guys at the back see it? You can't see it. Okay. Oh, my back. All right, if this falls apart, I'm sorry. I'm not going to roll the floor. Let's try it that way. Better? Now you guys can't see it because the pulpit. I can't land. Okay, the thought here, I think it's probably self-evident, obvious already, is that if I let these apples for a moment represent, you know, for the direct principle, my life, or specifically, um, the money God gives me. So you could go, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten dollars, or a thousand dollars, whatever you say. But this, this would be representative for the moment of everything that God has given me in terms of financial resource. Um, Proverbs three nine says this: Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thy increase. You know, this is to be given to the Lord. Okay. In a word, this apple is to be different, is to be unique, it is holy, it is consecrated, it is the tithe. Okay. Now, I just picked green because it makes it distinguishable from the others. And maybe if all of our money except 10% of it looked different, we'd be more careful. But that's the idea. There's a guy in Luke 12 who had so many of these apples that he looked at himself and he said, Self, what shall I do? That's a really good question. I have lots of apples. This will I do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger barns to hold all of my apples. Well, that makes some sense. But there's just one problem. At some point in, in, in his business program, he stopped giving God the green apple. He just kept getting more and more and more red apples. And he, he stopped in the counting of the sheep or the apples or the whatever. Oh, that one belongs to God. And that one belongs to God. I'm recognizing his goodness in my life. Like how many, how many apples he's given me. And somewhere the barn builder stopped doing this. Then God says, you're a fool. You're going to die. And who's all these, who are all these apples going to be anyway? He said, it had been better to be rich towards God. So you at least could have had barns and treasures in heaven. And I'm paraphrasing a bit, but that's real close to the idea. So what happens in life, and this is normal, this is fine, this is okay to do, and uh, hopefully this is not too sharp. So what we do, God gives us money. I get a paycheck every week, most of you get one, and so we have money in our life some way. And so what we do is we consume it. Okay, we, 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 we consume it. So what we do is we, 
we, you know, we cut off a section here. Well, I should have got somebody else to do this. So we cut off that, and that's, that's my car payment. And, well, three of these are my house payment, you know. <laughs> so hold on, I'm going to keep, I'm gonna, i got to kind of cut these up. And so over here is my, this whole one's my iPhone right here. So I'm, you know, I, I consume that. That's my iPhone, and that's my cable, and that's my Starbucks. That's my Starbucks. Okay. Now I, I don't want to be goofy. You first four boys here. One, two, three, four. Okay, come up here. Now you're five. You're four. Come on, come up here. Because I, I, this, this is I'm not trying to be silly, but I want to be graphic. You guys each pick one apple please, and then bite it once or twice. And don't be weird, just bite it. <laughs> okay, take two bites. Okay, I take a couple bites, put it back. You don't have to eat the whole thing. Just the bite marks look kind of gross. Okay, thank you guys, that's all I need from you. <laughs> okay, so we consume it, right? They consumed it. Go to the movies, get a second car, motorcycle, I buy a gun. Like, okay, there's like, all these are consumed. And here's the deal. This looks like a mess up here, and it is. It's quite a bit of apple, isn't it? Here's our problem, it's not enough. It's just no matter how much God gives us, it's never enough. What shall I do? I, I got to have more. I need a bigger bank account, a bigger house, more cars. I'm not against those things. It's not the point. Because I'm not against them. The mistake comes is when that's not enough. And I'm going to bite this one. That's a stout apple. Does that look right to you? I mean, I know eating's graphic, I'm sorry. Does that look right to you? Hey, God. There you go. I'm not going to do it again. Problem is this, sometimes it doesn't look like that. Hey God, here we go. Right? I mean, it's kind of disgusting, but how's that any different? This is what God's talking about. He doesn't need your dollars. And I'm going to assure you, I'm not, I'm not going to be direct. This will be perfectly okay if you don't give yours. You'll be cheating yourself, cheating us, cheating the Lord. So, you know, just move past that. I just don't think that looks very good. I don't know that I want that representative of my worship. 
Here's even the sadder part. There are X number of people You know, they're struggling with doing that. And then there are some people who, for whatever reason, feel necessary to consume the whole thing. And they come here every week and do squat. Is that okay? First of all, isn't that a little just bit poor of you? I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm just trying to put it in perspective. Have you ever gone out to eat with people before? And there's always a wrestling match after the, the service. Is it going to be one ticket or two? Of course, a lot of you just say two. But like, no, I got it. And the other guy says, no, I got it. And then you talk, well, just give it to me. You know, you have this little deal. Why? Because you're trying to honor the other person. You know? So if every single time that Butch and I went out to lunch, if Butch got it every time, at some point, what does that say about me? I mean, is, is that fair? What's that say about me? Hey, you get it every time. You get it. Thank you. You get it. And there's people who come to church every week. You all can get it. Someone else can sing. Someone else can be in the nursery. Someone else can work upstairs. Someone else can clean. Someone else can sweep. Someone else can make sure there's lights on. Someone else can, you know, pay the salary. Somebody else can make sure we have insurance. Somebody else can pay for all the things of the kids. Somebody, you can get it. Thanks for letting me come. And we are glad for you to come. But there comes a point. And we're happy to forever let you get it. But it comes a point, it's about you and God. And this doesn't sound very honorable to me. Right? You know, we want to make this all about theology and tithe. And I want to say to you, whatever. Just be a human. Be a person. I don't want to steal from maybe a later thunder. And just, I, I want you to listen. God's people still, they, did, they didn't get what he said here. A lot of them did, but for a long time they didn't. So all the, way, all the way towards the end of the Old Testament, God still's like, they don't get it. A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? It's over there, sliced up. If I be a master, where is my fear, saith the Lord of hosts unto you? O priest that despise my name, and then you say back to me, wherein have we despised thy name? Well, you offered polluted bread upon mine altar, and you say, wherein have we polluted thee? And that you say, the table of the Lord is contemptible, like it's not a big deal. God said to them, and if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? If you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? If you, eat, if you offer the half-eaten apple, is it not evil? My words, not KJV. Offer that now to thy governor. Give them the sorry tip. Go to Walmart and take out the groceries and don't pay for them and see what they say and do. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person? Saith the Lord of hosts. 
Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? Well, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. You're hurting me, you're hurting the, yourself, and you're hurting the church. Because everyone's robbed here. You're, you're robbing yourself. Bring ye all the tithe to the storehouse, that there may be great, there may meet mine house. And prove me that here, with, said the Lord of hosts, if I want to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you should not be able to receive it. I, I'm not telling you, this is no health, wealth, and prosperity. I'm not saying because you throw an apple, you get 10 back. You may never get that. That's not what a lot of the, the, the apostles experienced or, 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 the, or the early prophets. But it didn't stop them from honoring God. And I am going to submit to you that God is not a debtor. And I may not get dollar for dollar, but only God knows what I have received in favor as a result of trying to honor Him in this way. We could write a book, and so could you, who've done that faithfully over a lifetime. I'm not, these are God's words, not mine. Tithe, I think it's there. If you don't, it's okay. But you still got to deal with what you're bringing to the table. And what person lives on other people's subsidies forever. So the text says don't do that. See, the idea here is the tithe, in a way, is a measure of a man's heart, his love and his devotion. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Randy Alcorn said it like this, money is an exact index of a man's truest character. It's a litmus test of his love. Philippians says that. It's a proof of our love. If I never bought Terry anything, if I never gave her whatever and just said, I love you, I love you, but never ever showed any expression, well, that's hard to buy into. If we say, oh, I love you, God. Yeah, I'm committed. I'm loyal. I'm faithful. But man, I, I, I'm not going to give you back what you give to me. That's just too much. I'd question that faith. I would question that devotion. And I'd question that love. And I, it's not just me that God says. It's a proof of your love. Zacchaeus was saved, first expression of love. He sold half that he had and gave it to the poor. Jesus chose to, to, to use the, 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 the idea of the rich young ruler. So let's just see how devoted you are. Sell what you have and, and give to the poor. Nope, out on that. Well, that's not how salvation works. No, it's not how salvation works. We're saved by grace through faith. It's a free gift. You do nothing to merit it. But if you did get it, if you were saved... If you received all the riches of heaven, how can you not have a dime for the Lord? Right? And Jesus said, just pass on. Luke 12, the barn builder, 16 of 38 parables. It is a pretty exact index of your heart. And here's the deal. You may fool people. You may fool yourself. You may feel justified. But you've got to stand in light of these texts, the Word of God, one day. It's sort of a big deal. So I want you to think, let me finish, that this is a reflection of your love. It's a reflection of your devotion. It's a reflection of what you think about us, of the Lord's work. And I want to suggest to you, God is really good. Is He not? Can you, can you see it in your life how He's been good to you? I just want to 
submit to you. If you want to show that, it probably merits better than that. The tithe is consecrated. Your life is consecrated. Voice and hands are consecrated. Can't all be used for self. Time is consecrated. Redeem the time. We're Christians. So in every area of stewardship, we need to act like it. We need to steward it because God is worthy and deserves it. Let me ask you to stand.